Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles. How you doing? Great to see you all today. Uh, in case you don't know me, I'm Charles Kelly. I'm the author of the book, Yes, Money Can Buy Your Happiness, uh, which which I, I wrote to explain to people how money can be important. It's, it's not just a case of saying, well, money doesn't buy your happiness. Money isn't everything. Well, to, to a lot of people, money is everything. It, it's, it's what they need to survive. It's what they need to live. And it's easy to say money is not important when you've got piles of it and you, you don't have to worry about it like the royal family you know in the UK that they're sitting on millions and millions and and they famously never carry cash around oh I never carry cash you know it's it's almost like one doesn't need to to show that one has cash because one has a a pile of castles and I I, I don't know it's it's um, I'm not anti-royal or anything but it, it's it's a little bit disingenuous when you've got loads of money to say oh, it's not important we'll try telling that to somebody who is hungry and needs money or or has a sick child and can't afford to take them to the doctor. In the UK, of course, we've got the health service, we've got free healthcare, we've got free education, free everything. So people take these things for granted. And people who are poor in the UK could be considered rich by standards in the developing countries where, you know, they haven't even got a roof over their head. Uh, and here, you know, even if you've got no money, the government will provide a roof over your your head it's it's just a given um and you know if you lose your home you're homeless the government has to to house you you might say well there's lots of people on the street but some of those people on the street don't don't want to accept the the, the housing that they're getting so it's not not in all cases but certainly in my area we, we've offered people housing and, and the guy said well i prefer to live in a tent um so, so there you go but the system here is not perfect, but it but it is a lot better than, than in many other countries. Now, obviously, you've heard that we we have uh, a, a serious sort of situation with with the coronavirus in in the UK, and numbers have been growing. We've had this so-called new variant, uh, which means that um, you know that, that that there's a new strain of the virus, and and this has caused the uh, the government to put the country into a a lockdown situation similar to last year and it was brought in almost quite quite suddenly like last week and it's brought the economy to, to another standstill it was just before christmas for instance we the businesses thought they would be open and uh, you know I, I would imagine a lot of shops would have stocked up their stores for, for christmas in in london's west end in the center of london with a big shopping street like oxford street stocked up all their stock for Christmas and then they were preparing for the Boxing Day which is the 26th of, of December in the UK Boxing Day sales a traditional time when people rush out and buy lots of things in the sales reduced goods and all that just went out the window suddenly they were told a few days before Christmas no we're, we're locking everybody down you're in tier four in London can't do this you can't do that and, and now we've gone into a further uh, restriction uh, where where just today two women were uh, uh, surrounded by police and handed a fine because they were walking in a, in a countryside area a few miles from their home 
and the police said this is not considered exercise in the spirit of law because you've had to travel to this place to get exercise and the woman said well we wanted to go somewhere quiet where there wasn't many people to stay safe they were carrying cups of coffee they and the police said that constitutes having a picnic i mean have we got to the situation where we can be arrested for walking down the street with a cup of coffee or or walking down the street eating a sandwich it's just got ridiculous and bonkers and in fact a human rights barrister said that 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 the police are not within their rights to tell people you, you cannot travel a few miles because there's nothing in law that says how many miles you can travel to, to go to a place to take exercise. Nevertheless, it's very intimidating for them to, to have their rights read to them and to be handed this fine. But one thing that has been a glaring gap in the action that, that the governments have been taking, I believe, is that the borders have stayed open all through last year, all through the, the pandemic. And in this country, we were allowing people to come in from all over the world, just walk into the country or, or not walk in, but walk into our airports after getting off a plane and get on the, the London Underground, with, which was packed every day, every morning and and potentially infect people. Now, these were people coming in from China, which was at that time the hotbed of the coronavirus. And then Italy, which was the one of the leading countries and, and America. And, and all that happened when they arrived in the uh, in the UK, so they were not even sort of stopped and questioned or tested or or temperature checked. They just had to pick up a form which says you must self-isolate for 14 days. And a lot of people just ignored this. I knew people that came in from America and just ignored it. Uh, And and they they just went to their families and stayed with their families. Then they're out uh, shooting selfies in in the street, uh, in busy areas. So they just ignored the whole thing. And and this is what many people have done. And there's no way of really tracking down you know, millions of people coming in and out of the country. So this has been a glaring error in in the, the government's strategy to stop the spread of coronavirus. And many people have been calling for a situation where people should be tested. And and a minister on TV the other day said it's not there's no point in testing people at the airport because a couple of days later they could still infect people. Well, there is a point, I think, because you know, at least you know whether at the time of arrival they're not infected. Yeah, they might be infected and you can't pick it up on the test. Yeah, f- fine. But at least you'll stop most of the people uh, by doing the test and at least insisting that they have a negative test uh, before they even travel. And and this has been the case in many, many countries. Many countries cl- shut off their borders very quickly and they've got over this much quicker than the UK where the coronavirus has not only continued to grow, but it's grown faster now in the last couple of months. And, and yet, up to now, they've done nothing to close our borders and control our borders. And yet Brits are, are being told we can't go go anywhere. We're, we're like, we can't even go at our door to have a cup of coffee on, on, a, on a quiet heath. And, and, and now we're told we can't travel anywhere. And yet people are still arriving in the UK with no checks, no, no test and no temperature checks. Nothing, nothing. They just come in and, and millions of them. However, the transport minister has announced today that all international travellers will shortly, we don't even know when, have to provide a proof of a negative test uh, before even departing for the UK. So they'll have to get, before they get on a plane or a, or, or maybe the Eurostar or a boat, they'll have to show that they've got a negative test. Otherwise, they could face a fine. And I, I believe the carriers will probably have a fine as well. That's not announced yet. But whether it's train, ba- plane or boat, 
UK people traveling, people traveling to the UK, including UK nationals coming back from, from a country, must take a test 72 hours before uh, leaving the country they are, are, are in at present. And, uh, you know, th- this is significant. At least it's, it's, we're doing something now to stop people coming into the country potentially with the, with the virus, because most countries have banned us from traveling there. And yet we've not banned other countries from traveling here. It's, it's ludicrous. You know, before Christmas, Brits were banned from, you know, my brother had a, a holiday booked to a part of Spain called Tenerife. His ha- holiday had to be cancelled. Uh, and, and I think only Dubai was open for, for travellers from Britain. Everywhere else were, were blocked. Um, friends, I've got a lot of friends in the Philippines. and the Philippines, if you travel there all this year, foreigners, they call us, not allowed to even go there. Uh, but... Philippine nationals, if they travel to the Philippines, they have to go to a designated hotel and quarantine for a certain amount of days, paid for by themselves, and take a test paid for by themselves. That's the way most countries do it, and that's the way we should do it. We should be insisting that people pay for their own tests. When we had this uh, lorry driver crisis, the French government insisted that lorry drivers couldn't leave the port of Dover without a test. They blocked lorry drivers all over Christmas, like for five days, they were stuck in their lorries and queued up on, on the motorway into the port because the French, well, they are bloody minded anyway, the French, but they, they wouldn't allow even their own nationals to come back into their country without proving that they, they didn't have COVID. So we, we are now finally responding to this after nearly a year. And uh, the, the uh, Transport Minister Grant Shapps told the LBC that the testing rule will come into force likely on Wednesday or Thursday next week. And details of how to get tests abroad will be published on the .gov.uk website. And I hope that we're not going to be paying for these tests. And I'm putting on the Facebook page here under the new rules, which are expected to come in next week, what you have to do. That doesn't apply to children under 11, hauliers like lorry drivers and this sort of thing. Those traveling from countries without an infrastructure to deliver tests. uh, I don't know how that's going to work. If you haven't got the infrastructure to deliver a test, then why are you being allowed to come in here at all? Uh, just just block it. Why? I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, there's this new strain in South Africa that's causing very much concern, a lot of concern. So and, and a friend of mine who does business in Africa and has a business in Africa said it's it's rampant there and it's really seriously damaging the economy. And now arrivals will not be asked for a test if they're coming from the CTA common travel area. This is with Southern Ireland. The common travel area was in force long before the the European Union uh, came into to being. And my own mother uh, would travel back and forth from Ireland uh, without any passport, any papers whatsoever. There was no border checks whatsoever. Uh, now there are, there are probably border checks, but uh, people from Ireland could travel here and they've got the same rights to live here as, as UK nationals. That goes back to when the UK... Uh, ruled Ireland and invaded Ireland. So they had this common travel area. Anyway, that's another story. Um, but uh, anyway, that, that's that's the news on that. So it, it's good news in a way that we are finally controlling our borders uh, as, as other countries have done. And uh, I'll put some details up there where you can look where, what you might need to go and check the rules. Uh, as I said, you've got to have 72 hours notice to get the test. So if, if you're on your way now, I don't suppose this, this will apply yet, or if you're traveling over the weekend, then they're not going to be able to stop you. Now, other money news, uh, Virgin Media is is jacking up the prices again for their broadband. Uh, maybe Richard Branson needs this money uh, to, to bail out his Virgin Airlines. I mean, he had to remortgage his island 
to, to put money into the airline. So maybe he needs to put up the prices for all of us back in the UK that don't live on, on an island uh, to, to pay for it. And I had a letter from Virgin Media, which I've got somewhere here, but uh, saying that your prices are likely to go up. And then it said on the same letter, um, but under the current rule, your price will stay the same. So I thought, what's going on here? So I rang them and they said, yes, you're, we've got an inflation price increase of £3.50. Well, I'm only paying £35 a month now and they wanted to put it up by £3.50. I said, well, I didn't know inflation was 10% and it's not 10%. And he just said, well, that's the, that's our price increase. He said, however, because um, I when I phoned, I went through to the department by pressing all the numbers. It takes about 20 minutes you get through to an apartment that says, I'm thinking of leaving Virgin to go to another uh, provider. And then they answer your call. Otherwise, you could be on the phone for hours or or they just put you in a loop and, and throw you out at the other end. And eventually, to cut a long story short, they put me onto a new package. Um, and I, I've saved around about £8 a month because I've what, what I would have been increased to it, this month would have put me up to about £38.50 and now I've I've gone down to just over thirty pounds a month just by making a phone call, and I had another account with them also for my my house which is tenanted, and I saved a few pounds a month on there. So I reckon I've saved a couple of hundred pounds over the next eighteen months uh, just with a phone call, and you can do this with any of your utilities by by phoning them up. Now this might not apply in other countries, but here where we have gas and electricity and broadband. You, you can save money by going to different providers. Now, other countries might not have that. You might have a monopoly with one provider and there's not much you can do about it. But here you have a choice and you go onto comparison websites like the Money Saving Expert, moneysupermarket.com and, and find a better deal or make a phone call and, and see if you can do it. You could do this with your mobile phone provider as well. Even if you're not leaving them, you could go through the department and say, look, I'm thinking of leaving you. And normally they come up with some sort of package or a deal or a reduction or a discount just for staying with them. And it's certainly worth doing because most people don't realize that when you end your contract, you might go onto a higher tariff. Similar thing happens with mortgages. If you end a mortgage, you end a fixed rate, you, your, your payments can really jump up to a variable rate. And it's almost like they're forcing you to do something because if you don't, you'll be paying a lot more on, on your mortgage. And, and finally, um, so, so make that call. Use this time when you're stuck at home to check what you're paying on your mortgage, your utilities, like your gas, electricity, your mobile phone, and see if you can get a better deal and save yourself hundreds, if not thousands of pounds over the next year or two. Now, are you claiming all the self-employed coronavirus relief aid uh, or any other grants that you could get? Well, on the next episode, I'm going to be going through that in more detail. Uh, but you can Google these things and find out if you're claiming them because there's there's the self-employed grants uh, number three coming out. So if you're self-employed, you've got a business, go and look at that, see if you can get back some money on that, uh, which will help you during this, this lockdown period. The government have announced four and a half billion pounds worth of relief and aid for businesses that have been affected by, by this coronavirus. It, it, it really is killing business. In, in this country and many other countries. I, I don't know how they'll survive because, you know, when I was running a physical business with staff and that sort of thing, there's no way we could have survived a shutdown of, you know, even a few months, let alone six months uh, and so on. Um, it, it's just crazy that businesses are, are really going to see a lot of businesses going out of business and, and collapsing as we have done uh, in, in the end of the last year with major retailers going under into administration and, and so on. So, you know, watch out for that. And and also that 
another final point is that the tenant uh, relief that where, where tenants um, can get, get relief from eviction by landlords for not paying their rent. I think that comes to an end next week. So I don't know if the government will announce something new on that. Um, but, you know, again, if, if, if you're a tenant and you're in trouble, talk to your landlord or if, you're a, if you hold a mortgage, talk to your lender to see if you can get some sort of relief to 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 uh, hold back on payments. Now, the payments will still roll up. The interest will still roll up, but at least you won't uh, get immediately behind and you're talking to your lender. Uh, but this has to come to an end sooner or later. The government cannot just keep uh, paying everybody's bills for, for forever. And that, that includes the furlough scheme as well. And when this does, I think there's going to be a major kickback to the economy. I think that there's bound to be problems. And yet, at the same time, the stock market keeps going up. Property prices keep going up. You know, they're at the highest level ever. It just doesn't make sense. The bubble has got to burst at some stage. Uh, Bitcoin, uh, that's going up through the roof. Uh, do you really want to jump in now? I, I certainly don't. Even gold has gone up. So something's got to give. This cannot go on forever. The government just can't print their money and get out of this without some pain somewhere down the line. That's my uh, little bit of doom and gloom warning for the year. But I, I, I'm certainly not jumping into investing in anything at the moment. I'm holding back, seeing where, where the land lies, you know, unless something blindingly obviously comes up uh, that, that has to be done now. But otherwise, I'm holding back. Uh, a friend of mine said, what should I invest in? I said, well, just look around. You, know, you can see, you can go and see on properties where the prices have gone for the last year. You can see that the prices now are probably higher than they were in the last year. So would you really want to invest at this stage? That, that's what I'm saying to them. So, And also we've got the stamp duty holiday. This tax benefit comes to an end soon. Whether they will extend that or not, I don't know. But when that happens, that the market for first-time buyers is bound to drop uh, as you know we have this little mini bubble that's been created by that. And, and, and then we'll see where the market lies. I know that investors now are, are tending to be holding back. First time buyers and people who want to buy places to live in are still buying. But I think uh, the market is slowing down, according to some agents. And certainly investors are, are not doing so much. I, I've had an agent ring me with some deals that we were talking about uh, in early December and they're still knocking around. I said, well, I don't think that it's the right price. And he keeps ringing me up. I said, well, do you, are you still interested in that deal? And I said, well, no, not, not really, not at the moment. And whereas normally in a good market, those deals would have been snapped up by people immediately. So, so that's my um, prediction for this year. I think we're going to see a correction in the stock market and the property market, but we shall have to see. I've got this wrong before. Nobody really knows, but the, the, the signposts and the, the economic indicators point to a bubble that's being created by printing money and and rising prices. So, so there you go. Uh, one person that doesn't have to worry about this is uh, Elon Musk, because he's become the richest man in the world. He's overtaken Jeff Bezos of Amazon uh, to, be, to, to, to now be worth 108 billion, 108 billion dollars. You know, when you think of a billion, it's a thousand million. It's it's more than you, you could ever spend in your whole lifetime and your generations of children's lifetime. And he's got 188 billion of them. Um, it's incredible. Why has he gone so wealthy? Well, in the last year, well, because of Tesla. I think the price of stock, stock share price of Tesla stock has gone up by about 1500% in the last year. Uh, it's gone crazy. It's now worth more than Toyota and GM and Ford altogether. And yet it's a small, relatively small uh, car making company that 
you know, you can, I mean, how many Teslas do you see around on the roads? Not that many compared to all of the other companies and Toyotas and Nissan and Fords and, and Renault and all these. And yet th- this company's share price is suddenly shot up. Why? Because he's got the technology for driverless vehicles. He, he's got the technology and battery technology for, for these electric vehicles. And, and that's why his share price has been valued forward as to what it could be worth in the future. And, and that's why the market has gone mad for it. But when I say the market, you're talking about fund managers. They're not investing their own money. They're not investing. They're not risking their own money in these things. They're, they're putting fund holders, your, you and I, your, my, our pension holders and 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 uh, uh, people who invest in mutual funds and, and unit trusts. They're putting their money into these things, not, not their own money. So I, I wouldn't risk my money in, in speculative investments. You've got to pick the right thing. You've got to know what you're doing and you've got to really understand them. So there you go. Anyway, good luck to you. Have a great weekend ahead. And thanks for listening. This is Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness, uh, bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 